Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, we will speak with Gabe Ferguson, the Program Director of the Advanced Agricultural Leadership Program. The ELP program launched Class 18 last week, and we chat about who is participating in this new class, what activities are involved in the program, and how the program is evolving to meet the needs of agricultural leaders after 35 years in operation. Later on in the podcast, we will also get an update from Barry Semph, the CEO of Grain Farmers of Ontario. First, a Grain Talk News update. Global trade disruptions continue to be a major concern for grain farmers of Ontario, and during this federal election campaign, we want to raise awareness about the issues that are facing grain and oilseed farmers. An animated video which targets politicians and urban voters has been developed to highlight the impact of the global trade uncertainty on both grain farmers and the broader economy. This video was designed for social media sharing, and it's posted to various online platforms. Details of the issues facing grain and oilseed farmers in Ontario and our election ad can be found at grainfarmers.ca. Note, that isn't our regular website. Again, it's grainfarmers.ca. Grain Farmers of Ontario is now accepting applications for the 2020 Grains Innovation Fund. The fund supports the development of novel new uses for Ontario grains and encourages innovation from Ontario companies. Eligible projects can receive up to 60% of the cost to a maximum of $50,000. Projects must either open new markets for Ontario grains, expand their use and demand, promote Ontario grains as the best choice, identity preserve varieties for novel uses, or increase the value for Ontario grains. Applications must be submitted by November 1st. Information about the Grains Innovation Fund and the application process is available in the market development section of gfo.ca. Harvest season is a stressful time for farmers. Long hours in the field and worrying about the weather and crop condition can put a strain on your mental well-being. That's why Grain Farmers of Ontario is hosting a Farmer Wellness Webinar Series with Kathy Summers of the High Stress and Performance Clinic at the University of Guelph. The next webinar will focus on how to reduce anxiety. Anxiety is a constant feeling of apprehensive expectation and worry that can be associated with tight muscles, headaches, stomach upsets, insomnia, difficulties concentrating, or, oh yeah, the mind going blank. So there's a body and a mind component to anxiety, meaning that depending on how you're experiencing it, it may be helpful for you to develop some strategies to work at the body level or some strategies to work at the mind level, the expectations, and um, the worrying, or a combination of both. If you're feeling anxious right now, it could be really helpful to settle down your brain by releasing tension in your jaw and tension at your waist and allowing yourself to breathe from your waist level. Slowly breathing in, slowly breathing out, and then reminding yourself you're an intelligent person with strengths and resources and you will handle this. The anxiety webinar will be held on October 2nd at 10 a.m. To register, go to gfo.ca. Recordings of previous webinars are also available. And now, here's my conversation with Gabe Ferguson. (laughs) 
Joining us on the podcast this week is Gabe Ferguson, and she is the Leadership Programs Director um, involved with the Advanced Agriculture Leadership Program. Thanks for joining us today, Gabe. Thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. So why don't we start with a little bit of an explanation on your role with uh, ELP? Well, as you said, I'm the Advanced uh, Agriculture Leadership Program Director, and my role at the Rural Ontario Institute is the Leadership Programs Director, and ALP is one of those programs. So my role there is to um, organize the curriculum for the participants that are in there and to put together seminars and workshops, study tours in North America and internationally, and to find the advanced research and leaders on leadership, you know. Um, it's a mixture of leadership skills and then curriculum that backstops that with advanced technologies within the agriculture and agri-food sector. Can you give us a sense of what is ALP? What is the program? Well, ALP is an experiential executive leadership program. So that might be something that people maybe aren't used to in an expression. They've heard of executive leadership programs. But the reason that I use the word experiential in front of that is because this isn't the same as a master's. or This isn't the same as an industry executive leadership program. This is about immersing yourself in walking the talk. It's about learning about yourself and learning about others so that you can be a leader for agriculture, agri-food, and for rural communities. And it's experiential in that we don't just sit in a classroom and we don't just write tests or we don't listen to lectures. All of our workshops, all of the activities that we do are about putting the participants in a place that's going to be real life so that when they come out, they're confident and they can speak on behalf of their interests and their vision. And how is uh, this program connected with the Rural Ontario Institute? Well, the Rural Ontario Institute is an organization that builds leaders and it connects leaders. We are at the ROI, as we call it, um, about connecting and enabling those who have a vision for rural communities in Ontario and for agriculture and agri-food sectors, organizations, industry. So it's not just um, putting on a leadership course or just um, introducing one person to another, but it's creating those robust conversations that allow actions to come out of them. So that's why we say we build leaders, but we also connect leaders. And out of those experiences, it allows organizations to go on their own. So we sort of nurture that. And how did the program get started, or what was sort of the impetus for for it starting? Well, it started way back in 1984. (laughs) And what happened at that time was, um, you know, University of Guelph, the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, the government, were thinking that there needed to be, um, at that time they used the expression, a greater voice, a greater voice from the agriculture, agri-food, rural communities. And there was something called the Kellogg's Foundation at that time, and it was um, out of the U.S., and they decided that they should have more agricultural leadership programs around the world. 
And so they asked for invitations from around the world who else wanted to do a leadership program. And in Ontario, there was a group that got together and said, hey, we'd like to do that. And there was some funding for it. So they spent about a year. I put a proposal in. They tweaked it based on the questions uh, over a period of a year. And then just as about, <laughs> just about the time when all the proposals were getting vetted, um, the foundation, Kelly's Foundation, decided that actually, no, they weren't going to go internationally. So that's when the group had spent all this time going around the world, finding the latest and greatest on leadership programs and decided that, no, Ontario does need a program and we are going to go forward. And so at that time, those members put money on the table and started the program going. And they started with 31 participants and they were off to the races with a you know, almost a two-year leadership program. And ever since that time, it's been going with different sponsorships, uh, mostly from the industry and ag sector groups that have been stepping up to the plate. Can you explain a little bit more about how the program is supported? The program is supported by sponsorship and donations. And 75% of the cost of the program is um, supported uh, through agriculture, agri-food, uh, rural community organizations, a wide range of organizations from sort of all walks of the rural communities and ag sectors. And that's appreciated very much because it isn't just about the money, it's about the fact that they believe in these emerging leaders and they believe that that is what we need as we go forward, even after 35 years. So I'm very thankful that that is there. And of course, we have the Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs who supports us as well. And by them being at the table, they acknowledge that um, leadership does come from the grassroots and that um, there is a need for us to, um, to gather and to talk about our issues so that we can help them do their jobs. So I appreciate all of those people coming together for the program. And what, I guess, differentiates this leadership program from others that uh, people can participate in, in Ontario or internationally? Yes, and I definitely get asked that question quite often because uh, for those people trying to make a decision about 18 months of their life and when they're busy people, what is it that's different about this? There's lots of things I can do. And I would say that there's maybe three main things. The first one is that it's experiential. And so what that means is you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a master's. You don't have to be um, the head of your organization. It means that those people who truly want to make a difference and who want to get leadership training can participate in this program. So that's one thing. Um, and it means you don't necessarily have to sit in a classroom either the whole time and get a degree. Which once you're done school and your formal education, you don't always want to go back to. Exactly. That's exactly right. You want to experience something. You want to touch it and feel it and do something and act on it, right? The other is there are those opportunities within different agricultural sector groups. There's places where they can go and get leadership training through their sector organizations. They can do it through their industries. Um, they can even do it within the government, right? But the one thing that's missing in many of those is this cross-sector, multidisciplinary opportunity. And this opportunity to dig in deep to issues they might be concerned about, to opportunities they might have a vision of, and have people around them that can give them that honest feedback, 
well, from my viewpoint, this is what I think. Yeah, but from my viewpoint, this is what I think. And that conversation is what allows ALP to be something incredibly unique from other programs that are out there. There is the time, there is the space of people who know enough about where you come from. So in other words, we're all rural people. Uh, we may or may not have in-depth knowledge of agriculture or agronomics per se, but we get how rural communities think and live, and we can hold each other accountable for the way in which we talk about issues and the way in which we deliver our messages to the greater public. What would you say, I guess, is the main purpose of the program? What are participants at the end of the 18 months expected to feel or learn or, or get out of participation in the program? Well, we have six learning objectives. And those six learning objectives are at the end of the program. They will be able to demonstrate critical leadership skills that will inspire and motivate followers to achieve extraordinary results. So they will be competent leaders. They will build a complete understanding of their own preferences in terms of the personality and their ways of looking and working and understanding and they'll value the difference between themselves and others. So that's number two. And number three, um, they'll understand that they need to respect all aspects of diversity, working within other individuals and groups. And um, no matter what leadership program you're in, that's an important one. And we spend a considerable amount of time on that because some of us in the rural communities aren't exposed to all the other things that are happening in Ontario and vice versa. So having that two-way communication is important. They need to do some really practical things like demonstrate the ability to communicate effectively, you know, whether that's in writing or whether that's speaking or presenting. And that's one-on-one, -on -one, and it's also to groups. So that's another thing that they need to be able to do. Strong management skills is another one. So managing for performance, coaching, team development, uh, to be a leader and not understand team dynamics uh, is often a, um, a real obstacle for leaders. So we've all had managers, right? But can we have leaders, people that inspire us and drive us? And so they will be learning lots of strong lessons about that. And then lastly, but certainly not leastly, is to articulate the current issues that we're having in agriculture, agri-food, and rural communities, and to maybe dig a little deep on those uh, so that they can be spokespeople for the diversity of opinions that are out there as well and while they're supporting their own visions. So is there a pass or a fail? Like, How do people know if they've met these goals or achieved sort of what you've set out for them to, to learn from this program? I think there's two ways in which they figure that out. One is the participants themselves, through a process of curriculum and learning, um, have skills in giving what most people would call constructive critique, is what they would be called, and we call it this feedback loop. Uh, and so the confidence and the ability and the check comes through what we call an accountability process. So we hold each other's accountable to the values 
and the skills and the knowledge that we grow. So that's the first piece of it. So some people might say, well, where's the diploma? Where's the degree? Um, and the Advanced Ag Leadership Program is about where's the street cred? Where's the accountability? Are you walking the walk? Are you talking the talk? And you can see that through our alumni network. <laughs> so the alumni is in position of leaderships and are they helping each other to achieve the goals and the visions of what they had stated when they were in the program so that accountability piece is the first part of it and then the second part of it is that there is an expectation of giving back there's an expectation of taking on a leadership role and realizing that people do that in a lot of different ways there will be the people, you know, at the front uh, of the room, the people that are in directorship and chairmanship positions and president positions, but there'll be a lot of people who are driving from the back, who are saying, this is where I'm comfortable, this is where I can make a difference, this is how I can act. And so that's the other part of the program. That doesn't mean that we don't investigate things like um, curriculum credits in programs. And um, we do have a certificate uh, that comes with the program through the University of Guelph, a certificate of leadership achievement that comes with it. So there is actually paper as well for those who like paper. Uh, but the program really is about um, the credibility of those alumni and in the leadership programs that they carry forth. When we talk about leader versus manager, is there an easy way to define that? Personally, I think it has to come from inspiration. And it is the strength, <laughs> and I use that word very specifically because it takes a strong person to walk to the back of the room. It takes a strong person to say, I don't have all the answers. And you know what, I'm not even sure where we might land. Uh, I have a big picture. We have objectives. We have values and missions for our organization, for our volunteer group, for our family. Um, but I can't do it alone. I need to get the ideas of everyone on the table uh, to make something successful. And personally, <laughs> I know that when I don't do that, the end result is not as good as when I do do that. And so to me, that's the difference between the manager and the leader. The manager can dot all the I's and cross the T's and do the expense checks. And um, they can, you know, make sure that they tick all the boxes on deliverables, but they can't drive that inspiration. They cannot drive something that's much more creative than uh, an individual with, a, with an objective. Let's talk a bit about this year's ELP class. Um, we have you in this week on the podcast because um, you just started with the new class last week. Um, why don't we start by talking a bit about who is participating in this year's class? Well, um, I'm sure that every class comes that comes in, uh, everyone says it's an amazing class, but uh, there's no doubt that class 18 is uh, uh, certainly representative of the amazing leaders that we have in agriculture, agri-food, in the government, in industry. Um, and they are, I would say, fairly diverse, you know, for rural communities. I'd like to see even more diversity as we move forward. But just to give you sort of a flavor of uh, 
you know, of who is in this class and what they're doing. There's 21 participants. Nine of them are uh, primary producers, right? So directly. The others are in farm organizations. And um, so as we all know, some of those wear multiple hats, right? So you might be in a farm organization, but you're also a farmer as well. And the different hats in the farm organizations, uh, we have uh, pork represented, and we have chicken in its many forms, eggs and broilers, etc. And um, we actually have someone who's a registered veterinary um, technician. Uh, we have people from insurance, people from government at different levels. We have uh, communications people and media. We have industry uh, from the seed uh, and from financial. Participants are coming in with um, different levels of um, uh, on the ground, what we would call agronomic farm experience, and different levels of um, communications and written skills and oral skills, different levels of uh, programming and government things. We have someone there from OSCIA. They're bringing different experience to the group. And so all of them will be leaders. They've already, in order to get into the program, they have um, an application form and they do a presentation and they also do a panel interview with three people on the panel. And so by the time they get in the program, we already know that they're leaders and that they have um, done things in their lives. But the second part of that is developing your leadership skills in areas where you don't have the expertise. And that's why within those 21 participants, we're looking for people that have uh, diverse interests and diverse skills. So. That's who's in the program. Uh, so we just had our first seminar. <laughs> very exhausted, but very excited people at the end of it. I know that they're going to really have each other's back, and um, they're already appreciating their diverse skills. Um, and some of those skills are um, not just technical skills. <laughs> There's some pretty good dancers in that group. There's some pretty good um, you know, commodity spokespeople in those groups. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Last week being the first week of the program, I understand that uh, you actually toured quite extensively um, as well as doing some classroom sessions. Can you give us an idea of what was involved in those four days and what you saw and what you did? Sure, sure. And this seminar would be fairly representative of the seminars. We have six seminars around the province of Ontario. So we get together and we start in on, you know, Sunday afternoons and we do sort of a review of what of what we've learned before. And then in this one, of course, we're all getting to know each other. Um, actually, Sunday evening, we had an improv session. So that was a lot of fun for people. And it was, uh, you know, one of the mottos for us is to have fun in a safe way and a way that gets you out of your comfort zone, right? So it's getting that combination of getting out of your comfort zone so you're learning something new, but someone's got your back at the same time. So we had an improv session that went over well and set us off well for the next day. And the next day we had the leadership challenge. And so this was discovering before the participants came into the program, they did a 360 um, assessment. So they asked their peers, their colleagues, their families, their managers to assess them in different leadership skills. And a lot of the feedback that comes back is, well, yeah, I kind of knew that. But when you actually hear it from someone else and they actually write 
down some of the things that you could maybe do to improve in certain areas, some of the things you should keep doing because they're awesome. Those are great feedback to get. And so we spent uh, that whole day working through our 360 analysis, coming up with our values and our vision statements and sharing them with each other. And then we worked on those over the next three days uh, during during class times in between our workshops. So we headed off on the second day and went to um, Vineland area in the Niagara. We went to a peach farm. We went to the Vineland Research Station. We went to um, a vineyard and a winery. Um, we heard of some cooperatives, of some Vineland cooperatives, and what they were doing. What they were doing, and then we went um, to Niagara College, and we heard about the cannabis program that they have there. And we went to their school, culinary school, as well. And actually, they fed us, so that was kind of fun. It's always good to get fed yes. on a tour. Oh, it's absolutely good. Especially when they're culinary things. students, I imagine that was <laughs> exactly. quite tasty. It was. It was very good. They did an awesome job. And so, again, being right in the thick of it, and the next day we headed off to Queen's Park. And so at Queen's Park, uh, we were, um, I guess, you know, grateful and, and very fortunate to have Speaker Arnett host us. And so he did a great job of telling us a little bit about what he's been up to there. And, and as you know, he's one of the longest serving MPs there, so MPPs there. So we got his background and his leadership journey, which was great. And we asked uh, Rob Benzie, who is uh, with the Toronto Star Bureau, he's a Queen's Park reporter, to give us some of the scoop on, you know, what happens behind the scenes and what are the issues of the day and how does he manage, you know, um, getting stories from people um, while keeping that relationship going at the same time, bringing the news to the public. So that was uh, was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then we rounded up our last day. We went to um, the food terminal and uh, talked, got a tour around it, and talked to many of the vendors there that are selling and those that are buying there and just what it's all about and the service that it provides to many of us in the province, certainly those of us that deal with uh, you know, product straight from the farm to the store. So it was a great experience. And where else are you going to be going in the province? You mentioned that this is indicative of the other workshops you'll be doing. Where else are the participants going to be traveling to within Ontario? So uh, so we were in Oakville, and we went to Niagara-on-the-Lake, and we went to Toronto and Queen's Park. And next we'll be going to Cornwall, and Cornwall will take us around the east a little bit. We'll be doing some touring there. Then we go to Sarnia, and in Sarnia we'll be doing bioproducts and uh, biofuels. Then we're heading up to Thunder Bay and see what's happening with agriculture in the north. And depending on whether you're from Thunder Bay or not, that's either the near north or not. Then we will head to Ottawa. And in Ottawa, we're fortunate enough to have some contacts there that get us into Parliament and talking to a lot of the MPs and the issues that are there. And then we're in London. In London, they will, will be their graduation. So we'll have our last seminar in London. And somewhere in amongst there, you're also going to be doing an international travel as part of the, the program. Um, do you know yet where that's going to be? No. Mm-mm. And I keep that a secret for a while. <laughs> and so. I understand that last the last class from last year, um, that they haven't gone on their international trip yet. They haven't gone on their international trip, which um, is uh, full of frustration and anticipation. I think they're on both sides of those things. So we had planned a leadership trip to Colombia for them, and due to a travel advisory, we weren't be able to go. And so it's taken us a year to get everyone together, and we're going to Spain. 
So we're heading off to there and have an excellent tour planned uh, with a lot of diversity, as you can imagine, in Spain. Um, we'll be going to a lot of different um, geographical areas and a lot of different production types. So that will be a great experience for them. And we've got a lot of different organizations that are going to be talking to us about how trade done is done, uh, trade is done there, how their cooperatives operate, and how they deal with environmental issues and social issues. So that's what we'll be doing with that class. So the same type of thing will be done with class 18 but they'll be doing it in another part of the world is what they'll be doing and before they go on the international trip class 18 will also have a North American trip and they'll be going down to Washington DC for that but other parts of the United States as well and it's always great to see what our largest trading partner is thinking and doing um, especially now because there's so much uncertainty when it comes to trade Absolutely is. And if we look back on class 17, um, they went to Texas for their North American tour. But each um, seminar we have in Ottawa, we meet up with the New York Leeds group. And that New York group uh, has a very different perspective than the farmers and the agriculture and the social organizations within Texas. So from a U.S. standpoint, and for us hearing the different viewpoints, political views, trade views, um, things like immigration and workforce, uh, they're, they're very interesting for us to get the different perspectives of that. And we were able to have Mexico, uh, Canada uh, discuss the trade agreement that we're just going through actually at this point until it's ratified. So it's a very great place for us to be in right now. Of course, Brexit's another one that's going on, which will be an interesting one for us to learn more about. Is it difficult to, I guess, keep on top of all of these changes that are happening when it comes to agriculture across the world and, and making that relevant to the course and, and what you're offering to the participants? Um, it is. It can be difficult, but I don't do it alone. So I had mentioned at the start that that Kellogg's Foundation, you know, was the impetus for a lot of the leadership organizations. There's 34 um, agricultural leadership programs in the United States. And there's Newfeld Scholars as well. And there's leadership programs in um, the um, United Kingdom and in Australia. And so each year we get together and we trade ideas. We talk about our countries. We talk about what the issues are and our perspectives. And actually we'll be meeting in the second week of October. So I met with them last year. And I'm really looking forward to meeting with them again this year. And so when we put tours together and when we talk about curriculum, um, we're, um, uh, you know, talking to each other and finding the latest and greatest. And, uh, you know, we only have one in Canada, so maybe there's something to think about for the future. But, um, uh, you know, we, we do do a lot of talking to all of those organizations. And as a matter of fact, we had a conference call with Australia um, last two, a week and a half ago, talking about their program. And they emphasize rural communities. Uh, uh, to a great extent. So it was interesting to hear some of the program they're doing. Now we're talking about class 18 and there's 21 participants. So if we multiply that out over all the past years, that's a lot of alumni. And you mentioned how they are quite active still in the program. So from an alumni perspective, have you heard from them in terms of what their thoughts are on the program having completed it and sort of what their thoughts are and how much value that provided to them? Mm -hmm. So... um, we did two things since I started a year ago. It started September 24th, actually, a year ago. And when I started, I did a listening tour across the province. And I invited alumni and others to uh, tell me what 
they thought about the program and where we should be going, you know, over the next 10 to 20 years, certainly in the next five years, and then stretching that out. And so many alumni came to that program and had representation from every single class from the first, yes. That's amazing. Yeah, to the 17th. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and there was not a single uh, gathering. And the gatherings were different. They were at kitchen tables. Some of them were receptions. Some of them were at board offices. And... Um, Every single one of them, there was an Alp grad that said, this, this made a huge difference in my life. This uh, made me a different person, and I use that maybe in quotation marks, but it gave them the courage and the strength and a vision uh, to go for, to go for it. And going for it is a lot different things to different people. Uh, I heard stories from people that... Um, really didn't have the capacity, didn't have the money to do the program, but there were people that supported them. They had trouble finding the clothes, you know, to be professional and to go to Ottawa and those sorts of things. But people in the class helped them through, and angels in their communities helped to pay for it. I heard about people that were, you know, chairing organizations and were able to open up visions and ask for uh, greater input and just uh, do amazing things because of that. So each person has their own story. I heard people that were uh, having to do succession planning and have some pretty difficult conversations with their parents and with their kids. It went both ways. And their their farms and businesses have gone on to be just amazing, amazing you know, economic drivers within Ontario. So there's different places and different things that people are doing with the leadership. But we heard from those people there. And then I also did a talent survey um, that just came in a month ago and heard from quite a few of our alumni there. And they're reaching out saying, you know, I, uh, I want to do something. I want to give back. Uh, I want to help those people that are coming after us. And some of them are going to do that as captains. We have three advisory committees that are going forth. One is um, recruitment. One is um, engagement. So that's going to help with all our alumni and with our sponsors. And the last one is curriculum. And so curriculum, the University of Guelph, from a number of different departments, not just our Ontario Agriculture College, but other ones, uh, will be sitting at the table along with industry and alumni, and we're going to be looking at what's the latest and greatest. So again, if there's one thing I learned, obviously I'm a graduate of Class 15, and the one thing that I learned and I'm trying to practice over and over and over again is don't do it alone. I think those of us that strive to be leaders, um, we get... Uh, you know, we get trapped in that trying to do it all ourselves. And so one of the things I learned from my 360 is you don't have to do it alone. There's a lot of people there. And so that's what I'm doing. Let's get three different advisory committees in there that can help us all be the best because we're here together. And there's 486 plus another 21 coming along. So there's quite a few of them. And if you look around organizations, grain farmers, you'll know that. Ontario Federation of Agriculture, Christian Farmers Federation of Ontario, the Pork Board, the Dairy Board, um, Chickens, Eggs, uh, in the political realm, both provincial, federal, and municipal, we have leaders that are all Alp grads. We keep saying, gosh, we wish we could get a brand or some little light that went on over our heads, because once you start talking to people, you realize that there's a lot of Alp grads out there that are making a difference. You talked a little bit about uh, planning for the future. 
Is there anything that you have in mind in terms of the direction that you want to take the program? I know you've only been in the position for a year, but in that time, do you have a sense of something that you think you could make better or that you want to strive towards? The things that I want to strive towards are really a result of that listening tour. And uh, there were, I got some very clear messages from people. The first thing was, you know, keep this the preeminent advanced ag or culture and agri-food leadership program in the province. And so I think there's a high bar there with making it advanced. Um, I heard that we need to engage alumni. We have hundreds of graduates that are eager, eager to give back, eager to mentor others, um, eager to make a difference. That's why they signed up in the original place. So what can we do with that? What are the recipes that make it happen? I'm seeing it happen all over the world, you know, um, and I mean that literally. Like we are seeing ALP graduates around the world making a difference, making a difference for, you know, foreign workers, making a difference for leadership for women in the world, um, for um, organizations and driving, you know, economic development and underdeveloped nations, things like that. So uh, they are making a difference, and I think that we can gather those together. So I think that's probably where my emphasis is going to go. And um, certainly, you know, I have three decades in agriculture and agri-food, and I, uh, you know, live on a farm, and I, you know, am part of a rural community. And the reason I'm in this position, (laughs) the reason that, you know, I've left a very nice job at the Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, which I loved, is because I have a passion to have us have those conversations in a deep way. We have amazing people in our rural communities. They are strong leaders, and all they need is a chance to get together and building some skills on communication and digging deeper um, in viewpoints and issues. And by doing that, we can really make our rural communities thrive in a really wholesome, fulsome way. And when we do that, that obviously is great for agriculture, it's great for us individually, our children and ourselves and our businesses. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. If people are interested in learning more about ELP or following along with Class 18, where can they go to to do that? There's a few different places they can go. Social media is always a great one because it's the it's the most up to date, right? And so at Alp Class is where you'll follow Class 18 for sure. They'll be tweeting out things of the things that they're doing in their workplace, things they're doing in volunteer, and things obviously that they're doing in their seminars and travel and workshops. So you can follow along with them that way. If you want to know specifically about the Advanced Agricultural Leadership Program, then go on the Rural Ontario Institute's website, and it's ruralontarioinstitute.ca, and uh, check on the Alp tab. And you can hear there, there's some videos there of past alumni saying why they took up the program and what have been the results of it. Um, you'll hear from our sponsors there, and you'll read a little bit about the curriculum and see where we're going to be traveling here for the next uh, while and around the province. And um, other than that, they're certainly welcome anytime to call me or call any of the 21 participants that are in the program. And you can get me easily at gferguson at ruralontarioinstitute.ca. And if people have an interest in the program and they think they might want to apply in the future, uh, I know we just started class 18, when would the next intake be? Well, my goal is to start that up earlier, right? So because people are busy, 
and people need to get the funds together. And um, you need to get your head in the right space. So you really do need to be thinking about it a year ahead. So we're starting in September now. And I think by next September, people should be thinking, yes, you know, this is something I want to do. I want to invest in myself. And all the participants are asked to um, rally support around themselves. So there's actually written support from organizations they work with, from their family, from partners, so that when they come into the program, they know that they can fully be there and that others will take care of things while they're at their seminars or while they're traveling. So... um, at any point in time. As a matter of fact, on seminar one, there's a person that wants to be in class 19, and they came and joined us on the tour uh, between uh, between the Lines Winery, and they had lunch with us, and they met with a class. So if anyone wants to do that, by all means, come and join us. I maybe can't take you on the international tour. <laughs> that would be nice. You uh, probably have yes. lots of takers no, for that. I would, I would. But I can certainly, um, you know, come and join us for part of a session, or come and have lunch, or come to the hospitality suite. We're going to be all around the province. So if it's something you're thinking about, come and talk to us. We'd love to have you. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us today on the podcast. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time to have a conversation with us. It was my pleasure. And thank you so much for this opportunity. And thank you very much to Grain Farmers of Ontario for your support. We do appreciate you as sponsors of help. Joining us this week on the podcast is CEO of Grain Farmers of Ontario, Barry Semp. Thanks for joining us today, Barry. Thank you for having me, Rachel. So the first thing that we want to talk about is two weeks ago at the AGM, you announced that you will be stepping down from your role as CEO effective April 1st. So is that an April Fool's joke really early? No, actually, it's a, uh, it's a date that I had thought about for a while. It, uh, it's... Uh, comes to a time it's going to we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary next year and uh, the March Classic is uh, going to be part of that celebration and I would like to be uh, part of the 10th uh, anniversary celebration so I thought that was just an opportune time to uh, to exit uh, and step down from uh, my role as CEO of GFO in fact it was 20 it'll be 23 years ago that day that uh, I actually got appointed as Chief Commissioner of the Canadian Grain Commission and in through my time as CEO of uh, SIGI and in recent times with GFO, I thought it was the appropriate date, although it is comes with some suspicion. So as we've said, it's been about two weeks now since the announcement was made. What has been the reaction that you've gotten from our delegates, our directors, and, and those within the broader agriculture industry? Well, some of the reaction's been humbling. It's uh, people... Uh, have been uh, either coming up to me at the farm shows, uh, both the IPM and at uh, at the outdoor farm show, uh, as uh, follow immediately following the AGM of coming up and congratulating me, thanking me for my time uh, at GFO. So actually, Rachel, it's been pretty humbling. It's uh, uh, it's been a great experience for me, as I said to uh, to the meeting that day. I can't imagine my life without this experience of being. Uh, at GFO and working in the Ontario industry, but there's a time, as I decided, there's uh, a time for a leadership change, and that was, again, with the 10th anniversary coming up, I thought an opportune time to do that, so uh, it's it's been good. And you've been quite clear to say that it's not a retirement announcement. Well, it's, uh, yeah, in the press release, you'll notice it was stepping down. I, I do want to move uh, back closer to the farm. Uh, we have a 
home out uh, near the farm there. I'd like to be a little closer to the farm, but I'd also like to keep involved in the industry. I think that there's uh, something yet I can uh, I can uh, add uh, to the industry. Uh, so we'll see. What uh, I have nothing planned at this uh, at this point, um, other than to uh, you know, there's a lot of work yet to be done till April 1st. There's a number of issues uh, that need addressing within. Uh, within uh, the industry here in, in Ontario. So that'll be my, my full attention up until April 1st, and then we'll see what happens following that. But um, whatever happens will be good. Now, one of those issues, obviously, that's happening within the next six months is the federal election coming up in October. Um, Grain Farmers of Ontario just released a, an election campaign ad, something that we've never done before, in particular in the style that it was done in with an animated video designed for social. Can you explain to us a bit more about the video and the reasoning behind it? Sure. You, you say it's, it is different. And I've had a couple of calls from members, uh, you know, ask me what this is about. And, uh, and the bottom line is that this is not targeted to our farmer members, this message. This message is, is targeted to the politicians running in the federal election and the staff that support them. And it's, you know... You can only imagine in a day the issues that uh, some of these candidates are hearing about or asking to respond to. So we're competing for that candidate's time. And it is, as I've said to uh, uh, a couple of the calls that I've had on this, uh, questioning uh, that tactic, um, I said, I, you know, it's different for me because I'm not the target audience. But it is something that uh, we're trying... To, uh, to do differently to get the attention of the of that target audience and that being the candidates and the staff that support them so it is different we'll see what uh, the results are going to be as far as the touch points we've had significant views on the uh, on the advertisement already and it's just over a week into it so uh, from that perspective uh, uh, it, it's doing quite positive the issue is at the end of the day is it going to uh, is it going to uh, result in some action by the newly formed government? We hope so. The ad can be found at grainfarmers.ca. What would you hope that our farmer members do now that the ad is out? Is there a role that they can play? Absolutely. They can retweet it to their uh, followers. Uh, the more we can, it's, it's, uh, its base is on uh, Facebook but it can be retweeted throughout the uh, social media, and we'd be asking them to, uh, our farmer members, to be uh, accessing it and passing it on to their contacts. Uh, using it, you know, if there's candidate meetings coming up or staff that they're interacting with from uh, the political parties, please pass that on. Absolutely, there's a big role that uh, our farmer members can do uh, regarding that uh, initiative. We're now getting into the busy fall harvest season. Um, I have seen a few soybean fields, surprisingly, that are already getting harvested. What's been your impression and the sense that you're getting in terms of how harvest is going so far? Well, we knew right from the outset, given the uh, late planting season that we had, that uh, things were going to get pushed off in the fall. The recent weather that we had over the weekend, 28 degrees, uh, is exactly what the doctor ordered for this. Uh, we need that to uh, continue for a good period of time. As you, uh, you know, I was out and about on the weekend uh, with the motorcycle, and I seen that same as you that there is uh, some crops that uh, there was one field that the combine was in. There's other um, 
other areas that the soybeans were very green, so a long way uh, from uh, harvest for those. Corn again is coming on. What we're hearing is corn is progressing well, given again the lateness of uh, when it was planted. So, you know, we just got to cross our fingers that uh, this uh, beautiful weather that we experienced over the weekend continues for a good uh, period of time into October, November. Well, thanks for taking the time to provide us with an update today, Barry. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Gabe Ferguson and Barry Semph. If you like what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.